Welcome to episode eight of Look for the Light, where we're covering episode nine. It's very confusing, but how you doing? This is the very last episode of Look for the Light, where we will be reacting directly to a single episode. And um, we've got one more coming up next week, but I will tell you about that a little bit later on. Joining me is, of course, Josh Thompson. You really threw me off with that one as well. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, I, no, there's nine episodes. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and then I was like, yeah. next week's going to be a whole ten. I was like, no, we're going to have nine. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We forget that we did four and five together. And, yes. Uh, yeah, we certainly so did. We've got, we will have nine episodes eventually, oh. but yeah. You know why? It's because it's been, it's been a journey. It certainly Hasn't has. Hasn't it just? Hasn't it just? Did it, when did it start? It's January. Yep. The tail end of January. Bloody hell, now we're like halfway through March and it's over. Oh. Indeed, indeed. Sad times, but hey, it can't all be for nothing, right? <laughs> oh, I've got nothing really quippy to say back to that, but that was a nice little nice little reference there. And, all right, then I'll come back to you later when you've thought of some. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Miles Thompson. Light, <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. How are you, ma'am? I'm not too bad, thank you, mate. It's been a busy week. Busy week, but it's been all right, thank you. How are you, mate? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm watching Manchester United currently. Well, I'm currently watching Paul's goals. Talk about <laughs> talk about Man United. But um, oh, he's so um, boring. I'm having a having a whale of a time. That's good. I'm pleased. And um, yeah, the football is something that I like to talk about for a week, and then don't like to talk about for three weeks at a time. It seems for <laughs> for Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know we haven't scored yet, so it's uh, we we what we've all went ahead on aggregate, so it should be okay. But I think you'll be fine from here. One goal will be nice. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. That's what we're talking <laughs> about today. And finally, it's of course K to the A to the T K B. Hello, hello. Someone is in a mood tonight. I like it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm back. I'm less stiffly. I'm not dying from COVID or cordyceps. Life is great. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, cool. Yeah, thank goodness for that. How the devil are you? Well, thanks for asking. I'm really great. Thank you very much. Good, 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 good. You said mm. that you uh, got sent home from work yesterday. Are you feeling better? Oh, no, I'm not feeling better at all. No, I feel terrible. Um, but like in my mind and in my heart, I'm really good. But um, it's my body. my drink because you were like, "I'm feeling great," and I was like, "You're feeling bad?" No, I'm feeling terrible. <laughs> no, I feel terrible. Um, but that's, you know, that's rubbish, man. It is rubbish. But hey, that's I'm super. Sense. Thanks for asking. So don't worry about it. That's good. All right, dude. Oh well, I hope you get better soon. Thank you. Oh, COVID, that... not COVID. It's COVID, not COVID. Yeah. Fine. Mm. Uh, anyway. Um, right then, we are talking, of course, about the final episode of HBO's The Last of Us, Last which of was us. beautifully called Look for the Light. Was like, hey, that's our podcast name. I like that. So then, yes, Look for the Light. Josh, was it everything you hoped for? Yeah, you know, um, it was the shortest episode. It felt like the shortest episode of the season. Um, uh, I don't know. There's something about the the ending that kind of didn't hit as hard as the game, but I don't know if that's because uh, I already know what's coming. Um, but overall, um, yeah, I'm I'm glad it happened. I'm glad they, they got the whole series, the, the whole first part one in it and um, they got to tell their story. And, and in a lot of ways, I think they made a lot of improvements um, <clears throat> for the Last of Us brand. I guess you'd say, like the story overall, the kind of changes that they made. Um, I'm really digging it. I think it's got me right back into The Last of Us in general. Um, and, yeah, it's nice to see the discourse over Joel all over again. <laughs> um, seemingly in a bit more of a grown-up fashion. And I think that's because the audience for a TV show are not as toxic as an audience for the game. Um, but yeah, no, um, I, I don't think it was my favourite episode of the season, uh, but 
you know, it was still high caliber television. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it was forty five minutes was a worry, wasn't it? At first, we're like, well, that's still a fair bit to go, but I think I think they navigated it quite well. Yeah, um, the um, <laughs> the shootout montage was probably a, a saving grace for a lot of that time. Yeah, it felt he felt superhuman in that moment. But I guess in you know in the context of what the lengths that you'd go to, that's what would happen. Um, that's what you try mm. to do, right? And um, you know, uh, they've used violence very sparingly in this show compared to a game, and I and I'm assuming it's more because um, games are games. Like you have to do something, so killing things is is an important aspect of video games in general but in the show you can be a lot more deliberate with your choices and why um why you choose violence and i guess at that i mean it, it hits more i guess because um you just you know there's <clears throat> this is joel's breaking point of like having to fight for something that he wants and the like the phenomenal change on knowing his backstory before we we meet Joel, if you that if that makes sense from that one scene where he speaks to Ellie, um, I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled with like the direction that the story overall is going towards, um, and what that means for the future. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to um, if you know what's coming. There's a lot to dissect in that in those final scenes, and um, a lot to. Uh, a lot to debate about, which we will do uh, probably next week. Uh, Miles, what did you make of Look for the Light? The show, not the podcast. Or did the podcast. <laughs> I mean, the, the podcast, podcast is incredible. Uh, isn't it just? <laughs> it's probably the best podcast you could listen to. Um, I feel like with the final episode, I kind of, I very much enjoyed it. Like, I really loved it as a TV episode. But I also had slightly mixed feelings about it when I compared it to like when I experienced that final section as the game. And I think it's that Sean really touched on this and I started to feel it around episode kind of six-ish that the second half of the season just feels so fast to the point where I almost feel like there's a little bit missing of like the little interactions that like Joel and Ellie have um, between all the big like set pieces and moments that we remember and i just feel like if i was watching just the show and i I didn't have the knowledge of the game beforehand i'd probably be a bit like this is amazing but damn that was a whirlwind it's gone almost too fast and i've missed out a bit of the like although we have a lot of context behind joel and why he makes a decision he does i just feel like the show has done it a bit too fast i would have liked an extra maybe two or three episodes in the season just to flesh out the second half of it a little bit more and just to show a bit more of the journey from place to place um and so but i think the episode itself has a couple of like really awesome moments um the part where joel does his rampage i'm sure we'll go into it more but I was with him, man. I was like, fuck yeah, Pedro is killing this, and I'm going to kill every Firefly with him. This is sick. Um, I was really involved in that moment, exactly the same as I was in the game, and I was like, they really captured that superbly. <laughs> I want to say Pedro Pascal was much better at that sequence than I was. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably better than a lot of people were, to be fair. Um, and I think the ending itself, I'm intrigued. I obviously, I'm not on any social media, so I've not seen the discourse. I remember it from the game. Um so I'll be intrigued to hear what the discourse has been about and if it has been the same or if it's been a bit different this time around. Um, but I think the ending of both the game and the show is perfectly fitting for the story and this world. I think it just it was one of my favorite endings just because of how thematically like in sequence it was. It just made so much sense to me when I played it and when I watched it. Um but I think the season overall has been absolutely superb. It's blown my expectations out of the water. And I think part of my thing about feeling too short is that I just want more of it. So, yeah, I think it's done. I think they've done superbly well to cram all of that into 42 minutes. Um, I guess my question is why it had to be crammed into 42 minutes. Um, but, yeah, superb, superb TV. They've done a fantastic job. Hard agree. Hard agree. Um, Kat, what did you make of Look for the Light? And how much do you want a draft now? I'd love a draft. And did you know the drafts for real? I thought it was CGI. The, the, everything yeah, the else was CGI, real. apart from the actual draft. 
Great. I literally brought a giraffe in. Sick. Um, yeah, I think I'm more in agreement with with Miles. I really enjoyed the episode, but I guess I it would be interesting to hear Sean's opinion from someone who hasn't played the game because I guess it's like. Josh is completely right. The discourse is so much more mature than it was back then. Um, and we'll get into like decisions and all that. But yeah, I agree with Miles. It, it feels strange, 45 minutes. And I don't get me wrong, Pedro and Bella have fantastic chemistry. They've managed to make up for a lot of the relationship very quickly. And so kudos to them, kudos to the writers for that. Um, and kudos to, you know, the acting for that. But I do think that it was an interesting decision to make some episodes longer when they didn't maybe pertain as much importance to the whole story. Um, and this was, so for example, Bill and Frank's episode was over an hour long or nearly an hour or just over an hour. I'm sure it was. Was it like an hour and 11 minutes or an hour and three minutes or something like that? That's only 25 minutes on top of the finale. Um I'd have disliked it to be like 20 more minutes longer. I, I think 45 minutes is, is a lot. Like it does feel very, very fast paced. It does feel quick. And it is a shame because um, I think the beginning is so well thought out. Like by looking at so much, you know, you get the backstory, you get the day one, you get the week one, you get the science behind it all. And then you get you know, the future, the future, but you know a little bit more than Joel and Ellie. And then, you know, you get the, the real kind of character building of Bill and Frank. And then it's like, oh, and see you, bye. <laughs> and I wonder, has that been lost with some people who haven't watched the game, uh, play the game? But I really enjoyed it. I just would have liked more. And maybe that's credit to them, like, that we're all wanting more. And it is a curse of, it's a curse of, uh, you know, Hollywood and making shows and series that they do only, they are only issued X amount of episodes to make up. And, you know, they don't know what that's going to look like until, you know, episode one or episode two or episode three. And by then the whole season has been plotted and done and filmed. Um so they only have to work with what they've worked with. But yeah, I think it's what we were saying on the normal podcast as well of like, it's going to be really interesting that they are going to really take their time of season two because they have the opportunity to. Um, it's on the success of season one. It's just a shame because it would have been so great if they'd have just been given, you know, the standard 15 episodes or 22 episodes or whatever season is now. Um, it's a limited series kind of number. Mm, yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it there's so many ways that it could have gone but I think I think Joshua's kind of dead on with the fact that if they were good to only have one season and it may not have been as successful at least they had that one yeah. season yeah you know yeah and I think at least they finished the story as fast paced as it might have been and as quickly as they did that you could have you know if it was not going to be aired again I would be pretty satisfied I'd be upset that there was more but I'm already upset that there is more because I don't like the game. <laughs> so, so, I'm always, so it's like that bittersweet of like... So where are you right now? Where are you on the fence? I don't know. Where you... <laughs> I can't wait for more, but uh, I don't want more. Yeah, I'd, I'd want, I want more season one. <laughs> you want more season um, one? I want more season one. <laughs> okay. Season two, I like um, But yeah, so... Okay, I mean, I, I thought it was great. I do agree. I do agree that, yes, the last episode was rushed. I would have liked, in terms of like fleshing out things that we didn't see in the game, Um, the whole Marlene explaining everything to Joel in the hospital, I would have loved to have seen Marlene and the Doctor talk it through to try and kind of like explain exactly what they're going to do with Ellie and... Kind of have that less just kind of explained to us like it is in the game. Um, mm. Obviously, you know, talking to that doctor or character would have been an interesting thing anyway. Um, but for reasons I will not go into here. Um, but it's, um, yeah, I think if they are stretching out characters, then that would have been an interesting one to do. But, you know, overall, I think it's, I think it was fine. I think they nailed the sequences of the ending that we all love, you know, the, the draft scene was beautiful. Um, it was exactly what we wanted it to. 
it was basically the game up until once we got to the draft. It was basically the game from beginning to end from there. You know, it was. I can't yeah. think bar- barring the tunnel. It was just a it was just a one for one remake basically until the end. And you know, I think maybe that is that is a rushed way of doing it, but it got everything it needed, all the points down. Um I think just a little a little quicker than may we may have hoped. But that's again, it's only because we want more of this show. You know, we want just like more and more of it. I just want mm. to digest more of this thing. And now it's completely over and it's like, well, damn. That's 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 devastating, but um, it's just uh, it's just how it is, like you said, with, uh, with with TV and the amount of TV that you can actually make or not make. So you know, um, I think yeah, HBO it's already decided for you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean HBO are now going. You can have two seasons. You can have whatever you want. Look at the success of this thing. Um, you, can, mm. you, know, you can do whatever you like now, and that's what the uh, the wonder of a successful show is. Um, that's why they went. You know, the last season of Game of Thrones is six episodes, and it feels rushed and it's terrible. Because the makers were bored, but HBO were like, you know, you can have ten episodes if you want. And they're like, nope, we don't want it. We want six. Leave us alone. You know, <laughs> this is the kind of exact opposite of that, where you know they were given nine episodes. Nine episodes felt more than enough if you're probably if you if you haven't played the game, I imagine that's enough time to tell that story. Um, but yeah, as do you think? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think I, um, there wasn't anything. Sort of- Mass, oh my good lord, Rashford just missed a sitter. Any, sorry, um, I was just, it was just like, I don't know, I feel like it was enough. Um, I don't, I haven't seen anyone that I'm following that only knows the show complain about the name. Mm. Um, so, I've, I've, I've heard from two people one I personally know, and one that I saw on TikTok where she wrote like a really lengthy, um, she didn't write it, she like spoke about a really lengthy period of like how she felt that the like the decisions finally were very strange compared to the rest of the series so she said as someone who'd never played the game throughout the whole series we're always ahead of joel and ellie and we always know more than joel and ellie um so for example um we knew like bill and frank's relationship we also knew kathleen and perry and how dangerous they were or how dangerous they could be uh we knew about the bloater in the city before they did um and there's always like that peek behind the door before joel and ellie find out and she said that it's very strange that they suddenly made the decision to not have that in the finale for someone who hasn't played the game we know what's coming um and i guess the game doesn't the game follows that kind of linear pattern where we don't know more than joel and ellie um playing the game um and then i spoke to someone who i did know and they were convinced marlene was still alive um and i said no no no. you saw him come back and he says you'll only you'll only go after and shoots her in the head i'm assuming or shoots her again and he said oh yeah that was so quick i just assumed that um there's going to be more of a story because it felt like her death was very quick and that scene is so sudden um but yeah, it's interesting because I think they they drew so much emotion out of Bill and Frank, people that we met once and have never met again. And they've had to do this big, long, drawn-out story where only now, only in this finale and the last episode, do you really start to see Joel let down his hope, let down his confidence, let down his brick wall of uh, just seeing Ellie as cargo. This isn't really about... And only do you see now Ellie processing that Joel is seeing her more than that because she's seen Joel uh, like like that for a while. But for her to process that, it's it felt very. They did it very well. It's a beautiful scene about the like the suicide attempt and the you know the time they did it. Oh, can't come into work today because um Joel said it wasn't it wasn't time that did it. Thanks, bye. Um, but I just felt like they could have they could have showed that um there could have been an episode between it. I guess is what I'm saying to really draw that out to really appreciate the magnitude of the decision that he's made because it sounds like to me from the two people that I've watched it, uh, that I've watched it, especially that TikTok, that TikTok one's like four minutes in length. It's, she doesn't quite get the mag, she does get the magnitude, she gets the point, but also like, it doesn't feel as gut punching 
I guess, as for us, it might have in the game because it's such a, you know, it's such a long game to be like, fuck, you're just going to take her away. Like, oh, piss, this is all for nothing, kind of, but not really. Um, yeah, interesting. See, I, I thought I started seeing week. those sort of things happen uh, on episode five. You know, the bit where they were talking about taking turns sleeping and he just stayed up all night, like, waiting for her to settle down and like then the future episodes when he's like chasing after Ellie when he's like better and thinking that he'll uh, he'll he'll fight for her to like be safe but she's already burnt down the place <laughs> but at least he's oh, there that... and he's calling <clears throat> and he's calling her baby girl like he does but that was only two, that, that was only an episode ago yeah but i what i mean it's like it's it's felt like a gradual like the caring has been a gradual sort of build up to certain cues of behavior that kind of lean towards more than just like another person this is someone i think they just had to really like hone in in the last season quite heavily yeah yeah that was like a nice little montage but i think yeah it's like i always assumed the earlier bits were like because tess because of tess it was kind of like he's doing this because he has to keep her alive because he fucking said so and she's died for it now. Um, but but yeah, no. I, I also I think so. compared to the game, I think compared to the game, Joel in the show is a lot more um, like he's older, like he would be in part two. Mm. He's also mm. a lot more anxious about his state of humanity. Like, yeah, how he long is, is he? A lot more. How well is he? So like, yeah. he's very emotionally those... vulnerable a lot yes. more than the Joel of the game, isn't he? Yeah. And I think part one in general, from beginning to end, apart from the hospital scene, like, yes, we see the kindness and stuff like that, but he doesn't, he's still, like, uh, unpenetrable in terms of how he fit really Yeah, feels. it's almost like a shock. Yeah, you're right. Like, the yeah. game is almost like a shock that he takes her. You're like, oh, yes. all right, that's what we're doing yeah. then. Okay, all right, fuck us then. Like, we're just going right. to, okay, that's how you truly feel. Whereas, yeah. like, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah, more... I agree with you. He's a lot more stoic in part one, whereas this one, this the TV show version of Joel, we've seen him have panic attacks. We've seen Bumble. him question yeah. his ability. Um, and I think that's kind of what part two Joel is kind of is when we I'm see him. Upon. Mm. So I think we're just getting it a little bit earlier. Um, so I can see both sides about it, but I do think there has yeah, been like more. There have been some hints and tips on that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he's definitely a warmer character than Game Joel. You know what bugs me the most? Oh, what Mar- bugs you the most? Marlene being at the hospital. Really? Like, what, because ooh. she could have taken Ellie herself the whole time? The whole like... <laughs> fucking time. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I was like, why are you here? What wasn't the point of Joel and Tess taking her? Because you all shot and shit. Like it still bugs me. Heck? Like even like ten years ago I played the game, it's like, how the hell did you get here? Yeah, like you got here faster as well. Like you just take a plane, did you? Got... Take a plane, just kick back and just relaxed and just like. Do you think she does? She does say like, "All of my men died on the way," just to let you know. Like I'm the only person that got here by the end of it. Um, so, did she say that? Yeah, I think. Yeah, so. she did. So she's oh. kind of like, "All my people are gone from getting here just to be here for that." So, yeah, I, I, there must there just must have been. I th- obviously. Sooner rather than later, Marlene wanted Ellie gone to the hospital, and she probably just presumed that she'll see her there because she's injured in that moment. Is she injured in the show? I know she's injured in the game, and that's her excuse. Yeah, she was stabbed or shot by the time yeah, that she yeah. had yeah. over, which yeah. is why she gets her over because she's like, I don't know if I'm going to get out of here, so you guys need to take yeah. her. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's kind of it. That's the get out of jail free card. She couldn't she, have done it in the time. She got there but, anyway, didn't she? Yeah, how are you, you, know, you can't ring them up. Yeah, <laughs> you can't ring them up when they're in Kansas. Like, oh, by the way, Joe, I'm actually all right now. Um, right. if you just want to drop her off, <laughs> evidently, she's been there for days. One would imagine, yeah, just chilling out. Um, you know. And it's like, I guess wow, it's well, Ellie was too wow. busy having a flashback upstairs <laughs> for like a couple of days yeah, <laughs> whilst just... Joel's healing, lying on the floor. That's what you get playing with giraffes all goddamn time. Oh my god. Anyway, um, cool. But let's do the open up. I think we need to start really with the very beginning and Ashley freaking Johnson. 
um, the first scene where we see Anna, who is Ellie's mum. If you don't know, if you have been listening to this thing, completely not playing the game, um, Ashley Johnson, the actress who played Ellie's mum, is the actress who voices Ellie in the games. So it's a very, very nice full circle thing. Um, That entire sequence was bloody harrowing and horrific. Good God. Um, What do we make of Ashley Johnson? Uh, Miles? So, uh, yeah, I don't think you're gonna like me for this, but oh my I, god, how can you, so, how can you not like this moment? <laughs> so, seeing Ashley Johnson was great. I really liked that, and it was nice to see her um, portray Ellie's mum. However, I don't feel like that sequence actually contributed very much to what this episode needed to be, and I don't know. It just didn't feel like the right. I know, obviously, it's supposed to uh, um, show like Marlene's decision. But like you touched on earlier, the first game in this show haven't explained why Marlene is so insistent at the end of the episode that this decision has to be made with Ellie. But then they show this scene, which isn't in the game at any point. And I'm like, so you're trying to show Marlene's decision making, but then you've also cut out a really significant part of her decision making as well, which. I, I don't know it felt like this sequence didn't belong in this episode at that point um i kind of get what they were going for with it but i wasn't the biggest fan of that sequence i felt that i could have lost that five minutes and i would have missed the fact that we wouldn't have got to see ashley johnson but i didn't feel like it added all that much aside from the really obvious fact because literally when i watched it, i was like i turned to cat and i was like well oh, that's how they're going to explain Ellie's immune now is that she was just slightly infected at birth but not enough and whatever and i was just a bit like I don't know. It felt a bit too whatever showy. Sorry. <laughs> the biggest question I've had about The Last of Us for the past ten years is how the hell was Ellie immune? But I liked not knowing that. And I they, think that added and they to explained it. it, and it was nice. And I was like, oh, okay, that I guess that makes sense in a Last of Us kind of way. Um, yeah. That's fine. But yeah, is it, it though? Is it though? Yeah, isn't it is. part of Ellie's whole shtick is that she doesn't know why she's immune. Like she just is, and isn't that like part of the character of? Well, why she she may not know. No, yeah. she doesn't know. No, no know. one knows because of the because she lied, didn't she? Oh, I got bit after she, I cut the cord, right? So it's it's a bit of a secret. I think it's just no. like a a powerful way of saying like this is how you're entering the world, and this is what your world is going to be for the rest of your life. It's going to be like being dragged through it, <laughs> like and being so stubborn in your ways of like. You know, violence is always going to be there and you're always going to be a part of it, no matter what. Yeah, that is yeah. fair. I, I get the imagery of it and I get like the symbolism and everything. I don't know. I just, it wasn't a part I felt I needed in this episode. I would have preferred this section, I think, to have been in the second season or series. Um, but actually, you make a fair point, both of you. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a misery guts about it, but... Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> fair, as, I, as keen on it. I think I think a part of this is like for for a TV audience. Part yes, it felt very showy, and I don't yeah. like it when it feels showy. It no, felt I like, don't like it. I don't like it. I feel like movie and TV audiences always need an answer. Like some people just don't let it go, and yeah. they'll you know they'll talk shit about it because they were like, "How did you explain it? You didn't." I was like, "Well, they actually <laughs> have now, so you can all." I think I preferred it being like a mystery and that it didn't have, you know, like when it's that thing of like with stars when they try to do like, oh, you're the chosen one and then you're not kind of thing. Like I kind of preferred that in this world, like you weren't, I don't know. I just like the mystery of like no one knew, but now we do know. So it feels like, I don't know, some of the importance has been lost, but I think that's a personal thing. I can't imagine Ashley Johnson turning up that day and be like, right, Ashley Johnson, um, you're being chased um, by by a infected. Um, you've got to give birth. You've got to cry the entire time. You've got to fight it off. And uh, yeah, here's one knife. Enjoy. Like, that's an intense <laughs> stay at work. <laughs> that is a lot to take on. Fair play to her. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly well acted. And I did like the the cinematography of the scene itself. I think, again, it was kind of in fitting with the rest of the show and the quality of it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Imagine not looking at Johnson. I, d- I shut up and say that. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> My only uh, thing about it when it came out was like, I mean, I'm never going to give birth. That's a fact. But I was just like, that came out pretty quick, didn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like Some people are in labor for hours. <laughs> you push that thing right out. But, you know, maybe that things like that. If Maybe all it takes is a clicker to attack you to uh, get a baby pushed out in seconds. <laughs> I did think yeah. that as well, to be fair. At the time, I was like, damn, that was fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about I just feel give you birth, but yeah, it seems that seems that seemed quick. But who knows? Who knows? Um, I don't know. Character want to draw any light on it? I'm giving birth. No, I, no, I know, I know, I know. You haven't given birth yet. But... Um, yeah, I was a bit shocked, but also as well, it's it looked like she from the very very beginning had been in labour for a long time. She knew she was in labour. She was trying to get back. Because China, you know, she knew that she was in some sort of danger. And I guess with that amount of stress and that amount of tension, there you go. Is that what you wanted me to explain? I don't know. There we go. That's perfect. Thank you very much. That's all <laughs> I needed. Go. Yeah, it's just, yeah, just going to just, yeah, it's going to suction on out. Um, but no, Do you I share mean, um, I really Miles' uh, shocking and controversial thoughts on this scene? Uh, no, 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 somewhat because I think that. I like it. I really love that they put Ashley Johnson as a mum. I think that's great. I think it's like, like I said, like every episode is a love letter to the fans in some respect, um, like the game, the players, really. Um, I think that maybe it could have been in, in a previous episode and we could have had 15 more minutes of finale. Um, I think it was just, it's just such a weird thing, isn't it, that the finale, a really, really important part, it's 45 minutes long and 15 minutes of that was taken up by something that's not even in the game. <laughs> um, so we have half an hour of the finale all like shoved into one hoping for the best and um, yeah but I, I do like the scene I think I don't know if Marlene's kind of relationship needed explaining because it, it is explained it's not explained but it's inferred quite heavily at the beginning when she goes what are you like my mum or something and she goes do I look like your mum you know it's inferred that she's they you know, Marlene has known Avelli for a very, very long time. And it, you know, there's been a lot of times in the show where we don't know, like Bill and Frank, for example, we don't know what happens the next day. We don't, well, we do, but we don't, we don't see that bit. And I guess I don't know if I needed that scene, but I enjoyed it. <sighs> big love to Ashley Johnson, because fucking what legend. Yeah. They uh, kind of did Laura. They did a bit. They did Laura Bailey a bit of dirty there though, because they gave Ashley Johnson like a whole spotlight. <laughs> Fifteen minutes. They put Laura Bailey in scrubs and, and a mask and told her to put her hands up. Oh, I love that though. I love that they and put her in around. that thing. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna be yes, a massive yeah. nerd. I'm gonna be a massive nerd. Uh, Laura Bailey did actually play one of the nurses in the original game. Um, scrubs and all, like just one oh, of the really? nurses in the scene. So oh. it was like a nice little, like, we'll put oh, you into like your a, original like a, cast. Yeah, we recast it. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, for part two, they had to make some obvious changes. But uh, yeah, that was like her original, like, little cameo. So it's like a, a shout out to the very original game where she kind of mo capped one of the nurses. I wonder if she hmm. knew then how important that scene was going to be. I wonder if they had a plan for like from from then. Um, anyway, we've got to talk about that on this episode. Um, also, this quick heads up: this is probably way too late in the day, but um, if you are following the show without playing the game or know anything about part two, don't listen to this week's fingers podcast because there's <laughs> some major freaking spoilers in there. Um, I may have accidentally forgot to actually put them in the the description um, with, with when they stop and start. But hey, it's fine. You'll be able to notice it. Um, possibly, hopefully. So I guess it boils down to that question. We all know we had these questions 10 years ago. 10 years later, was Joel right to do what he did? This is the discourse on Twitter right now, Miles, currently. And it's ah, going, a, it's going okay. a lot more. It's going a lot smoother than it did back then. Okay, um, that's good. But it's an it's still I think now an interesting question. There's a whole new way of looking at it. I think uh, through yeah. Pedro Pascal's eyes. Um, yeah. What do you think? So I was very much firmly of the decision that this choice. Uh, I feel like it's framed to be more grey than it is. 
when if you like the way i always thought about it was logistically joel doesn't make this decision because of a logical choice but he also doesn't kind of need to but logically as we find out later i can't even say that yet but we find out that the person who's doing the surgery isn't as qualified as the first game actually puts them up to be to somehow cross produce a vaccine the fireflies are in a mess we've seen them throughout the first game or the first season of the show getting butchered across the place all the time. Everywhere they go, they're already dead, with the exception of the hospital. Um, and although they have resources, they're clearly not that, you know, all over the country resource to save the world. Secondly, you can't just mass produce a vaccine in a lab with one person who's capable of taking an example of something from someone's head. So I was always like, realistically, the chances of this ever actually becoming a vaccine which saves humanity is still none <laughs> because they can't produce it in the numbers that are needed and it would be used by a weapon because they're the fireflies and a lot of people hate them. So they're not just going to give the vaccine out to people who are their enemies. So I was like, realistically, that option isn't as clear cut as it's presented. And I think the game and the show don't really have the time to do that more justice. But I think it's something that... Um, when I looked at some of the discourse way back when, that was something that I found quite interesting. Is like logically moving aside from Joel's decision, would it have even been possible? And the answer is probably not very well, if at all. But I always thought the whole game has been set up as like Joel's version of humanity is not a good one because he loses his daughter not to infected to a person who makes that decision because of a hierarchy. He loses Tommy for a long time because they were both monstrous people themselves and they have a massive falling out about the ways that they're living their lives. He loses Tess, technically to an infected, but it's also kind of her decision to go out the way that she does. And everything that's happened to him on this journey, the only thing that matters or has maintained any form of humanity for him is Ellie. So I've always just thought is, why would Joel see humanity as worth saving when the only humanity he has is Ellie? And... I think the reason that the hospital sequence works so well is that it's not infected that are threatening Ellie's life. It is people who are using Ellie. And the other part that gets forgotten is that Ellie's not told what's happening. She's put under and she's not told what it will take in order for the vaccine in theory to be made. So the fireflies are presenting it as like, no, oh, you're a monster because you're going to curse humanity. And they've been equally monstrous by not telling a kid that, they could die from doing the surgery, even if that is the choice she would have made. They should have given her the option to make it. So I've always been on Joel's side with it of, I think the majority of people and parental figures would absolutely make a similar or the same decision. I think it's a very rare anomaly of people who wouldn't. But having said that, I also think it's interesting that for Joel's character, he is someone who quite happily dooms any hope of a chance of survival or a cure because he kind of does it for a selfish reason. He only has one reason to live and he doesn't give a fuck about anybody else. So he dooms everyone else who there might be lots of people just like him out in the world and he doesn't care. He only cares about saving his own sense of a life. But I've always been very much of the, like the ending suits this narrative, this world, this story perfectly. And I know some people didn't like the fact it ends on a slightly ambiguous note. But I thought that was perfect because nothing in this world is clear cut. Nothing is an easy decision or a right or wrong choice. It is simply people making decisions because they have to survive some way and somehow. And also, we like Ellie. <laughs> so as a player, we want Ellie to survive because we've been with her through the entire experience as well. And Joel is like our avatar for... She's an annoying kid at first and then she grows on us and then we really care about her by the end. So... You know, it makes sense that it's the choice Joel makes because it's also the choice, I think, that Druckmann and the writers wanted us to make as well, even though it's, in, in a macro level, it's the wrong choice, but on a humanistic level, it's the only choice. So that's always been my perspective on it. And I think the people who I spoke to at the time who didn't like it were people who just said like, oh, it's too ambiguous. Like, why did that happen? And they haven't explained anything. And I was like, that's kind of the point. There is no explaining it. It's just a choice someone made and it's a shitty one, but it's also the only one they can make. So yeah, I don't know. I've always been a bit conflicted, but I think that's part of the appeal of the ending itself, if any of that makes any sense. <laughs> that is a fantastic answer. Thanks. <laughs> um, I've not heard that angle of it before of um, the Fireflies kind of like making promises they may not be able to keep. Yeah, 
I mean, that's like an they're in, angle. They're in a hospital. Presumably, this hospital will have been ransacked over time. They might still have some equipment. They've still got some resources. They've still got the ability to move around the country. We've seen that. But like, how are they going to mass produce a vaccine for presumably thousands, potentially millions of people? with next to no actual resources this world has been apocalyptic for you know however long it's been at this point all the technology you need it takes you know we've just come out of covid and it took the entire world months to cross create vaccines and these are with like masses of funding huge amounts of people all the research in the world and the fireflies are like we've got one surgeon we're good i'm like no you fucking don't (laughs) You're not good. You're not making a vaccine with one person and the limited resources you have. That's just not going to happen. But it's yeah. the hope of it, isn't it? I think that's important. Yeah. And obviously it gets very much expanded upon in part two, um, this decision. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a heavy one. And it's very interesting to see 10 years later, this whole group of people going, well, what do you think? Like, <laughs> yeah. like well, we've had 10 years to stew on this plan. And uh you know, it's um, it's it's fascinating that people have so many different theories, but that is one I haven't heard because you know, I mean, I've always thought, you know, the the fire, we don't know how big the fireflies are at this point. You know, mm. is it just is it just Marlene and her surgeon, or is there somewhere that once they have what they need from Ellie, they go elsewhere, they go and do it somewhere? I don't know. I mean, that was always my assumption was that they had a, this great big master plan, but maybe they don't. Yeah, maybe you're right. You know, maybe it is hidden hope. You know, up in the air. We're going to kill Ellie, but we still don't really know if it's going to work or not. Yeah, um, they don't. You know, that's uh, that's such a great point. Um, yeah. Get old Miles. <laughs> Thank you, man. What's, what, what, what have you made of this ending in the last 10 years? And do you uh, think the show has uh, kind of nailed it in, in that respect? Yeah, I think if anything, um, the show has matured it in a way, and I think the the society what what's happened in society is probably allowed people to make much healthier more rational decisions on this um i agree with miles um and in a different kind of very so slightly differently um the the fireflies are seen as terrorists they're not trusted by anybody so even if they were to get this big fat vaccine we'd say it worked out say it happened who's going to believe them Who's going to believe that they actually have a vaccine? Who is going to help them distribute that vaccine? Because right now, Fedra are the ones who are supposedly in charge. The Fireflies are the ones wanting to revolt. So even if they did get a vaccine, they'll likely be killed before it even goes anywhere. Um, Because as soon as they show any kind of, we have a vaccine, here's a truce, they'll be shot. Because they wouldn't make a truce with Fedra over it. They would use it as a weapon. Uh, like a, a bargaining weapon um and also as well like all of the other stuff like there's people who are also saying um that this surgeon how many years is it after so it's got to be 13 is it 13 or 15 years later and we catch up with joel 20 years later fine 20 years so these people Sarah. so so then you've got then you've got to calculate how well medical how how well's medical training are they were they in medical school when this when they did this when they when the when the um uh, infection hit were they out of medical school had they trained on the job like what miles is saying is completely true like it's it, like even even if it was to all go right you don't have the resources your hospital is a light at the end of a pediatric pediatric center with a table that's flipped up. There's no lab. There's no nothing. There's no petri dish. And it's your one petri dish, you know? Um, <laughs> it was all based on theory because Ellie is the only one. And actually, I think, like um, we were saying, um, me and Josh were having a conversation the other day about how did did Joel take away her consent, but actually she never had it in the first place. It, so people are saying that's so fucking wrong. Joel took, like even Marlene says like you took away her consent. No, no, he didn't. Marlene did because she even admits to Joel. She doesn't know. So she didn't go under scared. So she didn't know she was going to die. And obviously like there's things that, that, that I can't say and um, that we'll talk about another time. But, you know, when you, 
when you when you don't know that you can't accuse the next person of taking away your consent if you never had the consent in the first place um and i actually think that actually joel would have benefited what is the the crux of this and it is like josh said something really fun the other day where it's like the more you think about the ending the more hurtful it is because the crux of this is that he probably could have told ellie the truth he probably could have he could have said ellie that hospital was full of three people and a bunch of men with guns there was no chance you were going to get a vaccine to save the whole entire world you are one person you know these people are like going on a theory you know and you were you were gonna die you know like and actually maybe that would have gotten a lot further and actually the crux of the ending is so devastating because she fucking knows something ain't right and you can see it you can see it in the car you can see it on the hill and it's like you've just formed that bond of I'll follow you anywhere you go. We can go wherever you want. Let's just get this over and done with. Blah, 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 blah. And you can almost hear the shatter. Um, my mum was comparing it to the trolley problem of like, oh, it's that it's that really famous philosophical problem where it's, you know, would you save one person to save the Would you kill one person to save the world? And it's not the trolley problem because you don't know the variables. With the trolley problem, you know the variables. There are six people on the train track versus one person on the train track. Um, who would you save? And most people would say, well, I'd save the six people and kill the one. In this sense, this is so much more complex than, than the trolley problem because not only is your one person someone who is is um, resistant to the infection, she's the only one that's currently resistant to the infection, um, the variables of the resources, the variables of the chance, the variables of distribution... And the variables of success all are stacked against Ellie in the first place. And that isn't quite sold to them at the very beginning of the journey. So, you know, they didn't say to Ellie, by the way, we're going to take this hospital and kill you. Um, you know, that's not what she signed up for. That's not what he signed up for. Um, they they just before have this, this life. So I am 1,000% Team Joel but also until he lies to her because I get what he's doing, but also I think he would have likely by being honest and saying, bro, like he ain't a fucking doctor. <laughs> this is an, this is like, he's learned how to be a doctor in old medical books, likely. Um, and also the fireflies are terrorists. Like, let's be, let's be real about this second. Um, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm Team Joel. He saved the world, but he didn't save everyone's world. He saved his world. He sure did. He sure did. <laughs> Again, that's another excellent point. Um, yeah. Gosh, um, Kat said that um, it's the ending is more troubling the more you think about it. Do you want to expand on that a little? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think ten years down the line, like after kind of sitting with this story and and experiencing it multiple times um like the initial one is like oh man he's so evil like he could have saved everything and then obviously with what miles has said like it's very naive to just think that some one person is gonna gonna do it all um uh and then i was like oh joel's done it for very selfish reasons and there's no other reason to it um and then you could just kind of stew on it a little bit longer and you're just like <clears throat> it's more of like the fact that uh ellie's autonomy on making her choice is like just not there in the first place um and we don't know what that decision would have been we don't know would ellie take that risk <clears throat> Would Ellie say, oh, fuck off then? I'm not dying if you don't know what's going to happen. Because she wouldn't ever be told that. She'd be lied to by either Joel or the Fireflies over the results of anything. Um, but I think the fact that Joel does lie and keeps that lie going is what festers in Ellie's mind um, from there on. Is like, yes... Like, obviously, um, we love each other, but like, ever since then, I've just like not felt like I've trusted you. Um, and it's a real crux of part two, which we'll, we won't get into, but that is like the crux of Ellie's kind of state post part one. 
Um, so it's really important. I think it's really important that it's uh, it the way it was established in the show compared to the game. It does lean more towards um, the reality of what Miles was saying, as opposed to kind of the idea that this could this could save everyone. It is more of like, well, what's what's there to save anyway at this point? Um, but yeah, I think Joel just didn't want to make take that risk for a very selfish reason, even if his um, his the rationale is sound from a third person perspective um in his perspective isn't what we're thinking if you know what i mean it is it is very linear to his in his mind um which is the worst thing about it in my opinion is that uh his reasoning is not the right reasoning but it probably is the right choice overall yeah yeah that's another fascinating take guys you guys are good you guys are good. I like you guys. Happy you're on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> what about you, Ross? Like, what did you make of it all? Um, nah, he could have saved the world, can he? End it. No, <laughs> I mean, it's it's it can. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want to sit on the fence, but it's always been an interesting, ambiguous ending. Um, the way that it just Ellie just goes, you know, swear to me, swear to me, everything you said about the fireflies is true, and. Joel just goes, I swear. And she, you know, that long <laughs> lingering look at him that whole time, like analyzing him from top to bottom. It's just uh-huh. so brilliantly done. And it's almost like she goes, I I can't, I, I don't want to pick this fight right now. Um, yeah. And, you know, as we know, she certainly chooses her moment, but it was, it was in that moment where you go, man, you've lost her. And that's yeah, what's so sad it. about you can it. You almost hear it in a silence, can't you? You can yeah. hear it in a silence where there's that silence and she goes, okay. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I think the game almost like idolizes the firefighters a little bit. Like it goes a little bit more in depth of like, maybe they do have a shot because there's fucking loads of them in the game. Like you're like, oh, they're still here. Like, and so you think maybe they do have the resources. Maybe they do have the thing. But obviously there's, there's, there's very little talk about fireflies there's a lot of talk about raiders there's not very much talk about the fireflies um, other than what we know of marlene and i think that that changes or that could change it certainly switched my perspective a little bit because i think there's a somewhat believability of the first one of like oh did you make the right decision there because could this have been done do you know do they have a secret team because there's so many of them do they have a top secret team of doctors and nurses ready to do this cure behind the scenes um, and I think it's kind of almost laid out that that case in the show. It's a very sparse hospital. It's a very sparse location. They haven't <laughs> run into many fireflies. Also, yeah. one dude slaughtered all of them. So how effective are they if Joel can literally kill the whole lot of them? <laughs> mm-hmm. I know I'm being facetious, but equally they're kind of a bit shit. <laughs> yeah, but they're 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 not Joel, are they? Joel is a you know, Machine. a ruthless, a ruthless. I mean, he is the Mandalorian, so indeed. <laughs> I love the bit, you know, when like you see his face drops, his eyes just look up, he's not blinking, and you go, "Oh shit, here we go, <sighs> beast mode. This, this is the way. <laughs> Let's fucking go." Yeah. Um. That... There's there's one bit that the internet are obsessed with, and it's a split second shot of a shadow that appears to have a very long braid following Joel through the corridor, and. Obviously, we kind of know what that might symbolize, but it's obviously a guy with a gun in his backpack. So let's all calm down about that, okay? Neil Druckmann has shot that down, that rumor down completely and said, no. Yeah. What you guys are saying, it's not a thing. It's not Sorry. a thing. <laughs> Which is interesting because he didn't shoot down um, the appearance of Dina in episode five. No, he didn't. He certainly did. That was definitely Dina. Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's there's like for, to me, there's like two endings. The ending is Joel stealing Ellie, and then Joel lying to Ellie. And mm. those th- those are two fundamentally difficult things to actually work through. And I think Joel probably was right to take Ellie. After the more I've heard you guys talk, the more I'm convinced that that was the right thing to do. Um, ten years later, where were you ten years ago when I had no one to talk to about this? 
Um, <laughs> it's something. I, it's something I've stewed on for so long. Sean hadn't fair. completed it, so he couldn't, couldn't talk to anyone about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. But then there's the lie, and I think that's the that's the difficult thing. That is the crux. You're right. Joel could have just said, "Eddie, look at it realistically." You know, look at it from a point of view of this, and you know, maybe, maybe that could have changed a lot of things. But he lied makes... to protect her feelings. Like she, mm. he, he knew deep down she would never forgive him, regardless. So if he could keep it up for as long as possible, he's got what he wants in the end. He wants that happy relationship that he never got with Sarah um, till she grew up. Like that's what he wants. He wants someone to grow up with and someone to say, you know, to have a surrogate daughter essentially in a happy world in Jacksonville. Um, uh, whereas that wouldn't happen if he told her the truth. I don't think um, she would have resented him for the rest of his life. And that's well, without spoiling too much, there is some resentment by the end. Cause I don't think from that. Okay. She believes a single second after that. No, no. I think also, like, I always found that the most tragic part is that Joel is so determined that his way of protecting people is the only way to protect people. And that comes out there. Because like you said, all he really has to do in that moment is explain to Ellie why he did what he did. But he won't because he thinks he's protecting Ellie from a truth that he knows will hurt her and will hurt her feelings in that he took away her chance to be something more you know like this i think it's kind of alluded to that ellie felt like she had meaning in being immune and being a potential savior and he knows full well that even if he explains why he did what he did she might forgive that but she'd never really lose that sense of what she could have been and i think the fatherly part of joel finally comes out and he finally gets there and that's also kind of the worst possible thing he could be in that moment because it means that he wants to lie to her to protect her as a child rather than i think if he'd have met her at the beginning of the season and had that decision to make he would have just been straight up with her and it would have been a better outcome for both of them but he doesn't do that because now he cares too much and it's i find that really tragic that joel is finally connected with caring again and that's ultimately made him lie to ellie and break that trust and that bond that that's established yeah. but he's doing it because he thinks he's protecting that bond that they've established and I think that's why the ending is so powerful, because we know that Ellie does not trust it, but she has no choice but to accept it. And the ending leaves you filled with that sense of that that truce that's been formed there is not going to last. That's unstable. And yeah, I think that's why the ending just works so well, because it leaves so many things up in the air and so much raw emotion that never gets closed. It's just left open for you to deal with now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly that. And um, yeah, we were left, what, seven years waiting for a resolution? <laughs> Too long. Yeah, very long, a very long time. Um, all right, then. So there we are. That is the end of season one of The Last of Us. Um, thank you all very much indeed for listening to Look for the Light. We've had a really good time breaking this down every week, and it's always a treat to to chat things about, you know, things that we're passionate about. And, you know, this has been a really fun, a really fun series. Is there anything um, else from this episode that we've missed that you wanted to get in before we go? I think we should just leave it as ambiguous as the, uh, as the show <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let's leave it open-ended. <laughs> All right, then. Um, well, what we are going to do is next week, we're going to come back for one more episode. This is interesting because I don't really know how to sell this to you. If you followed our podcast and you've only watched the show and you want to continue it doing it that way, then don't listen to the episode next week. Uh, because what we're going to do is we're going to get super duper into um, all the spoilers, all the links to part two, all the things that you can hear that we're so desperate to talk about. Um, so we're going to do that next week um, on the next episode, the final episode of this series. Um, so if you are keeping track with the show um, via the show and nothing else, then yeah, I would probably skip that one and come back to it in a couple of years time when, you know, you've seen season two. 
Um, but if you are, if you do know the game and you know the story and you know how it goes, we're going to do another deep dive into part two and how it connects to part one. Um, because there's still a lot of stuff to, to break down and a lot of things that we need to mow over. And especially that last episode, there's so many links to part two, um, which we can't talk about right now, but we will talk about next week. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so if you are, if you, unless you're not at all worried about party spoilers, then come and join us because it's going to be, it's going to be a really fun chat. Um, but until then, that's it. Thank you very much indeed for listening. What a treat this has been. Um, I've really, really enjoyed this series. So it is goodbye from Joshua Thompson. Okay. <laughs> goodbye from Miles Thompson. I swear. Goodbye from cats. It's not time to change that. Oh. And goodbye from me. That's the sound of a giraffe. I don't know what giraffes sound like. Thank That's you very much like for listening. Oh my god, that was, that was my a favorite outro. <laughs> Until next time, my friends, when you're lost in the darkness. Look for the lights.